Welcome back, folks. Thanks for looking in on this, my November podcast. The weeks are flying by and the year is drawing to a close. Can you believe it? My mother used to say the older you get, the faster time goes, and somehow it does seem so. Well, let's get on with it then. First off, thanks again for taking your precious time to listen to this segment of the Christian Patriot Hour. I am simply delighted to share with you my thoughts, my insights, and certainly my prayers are with you. My father used to tell me to always pray about everything. I told you before, but it needs repeating. For prayer is the essence of our relationship with God. It makes our faith not only personal, but real. And remember, prayer changes things. It changes you and me as we wait in expectation of our Lord's answer. Jesus prayed fervently to the Father in heaven whenever he was on earth. And so I would say again, prayer is of the highest priority of our, uh, with our Savior. And through it, he changes us into the image of his glorious likeness. And one day we shall be completed in that image, having a body as is his that will know no deterioration. Nope, no pain or suffering either. In fact, no affliction of any kind will assail us anymore. As they say, the best is yet to come. Think of it. We'll have all of eternity to get to know one another. And what is extraordinary, what is paramount, is that we will be with our Savior forevermore, walking with Jesus on streets of gold throughout all of eternity. So then, you're probably wondering, what am I going to be talking about this time, right? Well, I just gave you a clue a moment ago, so I'll tell you. We're going to be talking about affliction. Trouble or tribulation, in other words. Or those dastardly moments of distress and discouragement we all go through at times. I will be talking about everything related pertaining to the malady of grief. And God knows this world is overflowing with it. Sounds interesting, eh? Just what you wanted to hear, I'll bet. That's all right. Be patient, though. I promise you there is a blessing in what I'm going to say, so bear with me a little while. And let's go through these turbulent waters of our world together. It is imperative we do so. But remember, affliction is only a temporary condition. Take heart, my friend. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you know we have a most blessed assurance promised to us whereas Jesus Christ is not only our life and resurrection. He is our grandest hope throughout all the ages. Without further ado, let's enter together into the waters of greater perception. Where to begin? That is the question I'm pursuing at this moment. After all, I'm human and sometimes things do get a bit foggy. I'll have you know, though, I have to do lots of thinking and praying about what I'm going to say here in each podcast. It's not only important to you what I say, it is essential to me. So then, the turbulent waters of affliction, we all pass through them, you know. It's not always smooth sailing, and the Lord never promised that life would be easy down here. People often become disappointed in their trouble, and I'll admit, 
I've walked that lonely road a few times myself, only to discover that what Jesus was thinking was nothing like what I was thinking. I think many people somehow take the notion that God should answer our prayers the way we see fit. I found out that doesn't fly too well with the Almighty. For well we know the Lord does have a much better plan for us if we belong to him. And there have been times, I've been reminded, whenever I'm given over to complaining about something which is not going my way. Then I remember the cross, and I remember the suffering of Christ. And even though in his human emotions he did not want the cross, yet he took that cross without complaining, trusting in the will of the Heavenly Father that all would be well. Should God expect anything less from us, that we should not learn to become faithful, even as our Savior remained faithful to the will of the Father? And well you know, if you've been a Christian for very long, Jesus is always faithful, even when we are not faithful to him at times. So then, we find in the cross of Christ's suffering the truest essence of virtue. That is, the holiness of Christ. And yet we see the, gr we see the great affliction he suffered unjustly in order that we might be justified in his holy righteousness. Christ took upon himself your sins and mine, as was and was afflicted, for our sake, Christ made provision for the whole world to be saved, if it were possible. Of course, we know that the majority of the world wants nothing to do with a bloody cross. Indeed, I'm being quite serious here. Many people believe there is a God. Others accept the notion of the existence of a higher power. And of course, the definition therein varies widely in a small God who has no name. And there always are those who remain agnostic because they are not so sure. And there are always those few who say there is no God at all. The Bible says they are fools who say there is no God. Often in the secular realm, particularly in the political aspect, we will hear people finishing their speech with a God bless America. And that is a perfectly fine and acceptable thing to do. But do you wonder how these same people who agree with that statement will suddenly take offense at the name of Jesus Christ? Oh yes, it's true. They may applaud someone generically blessing the audience or the lister, but just let somebody mention Jesus Christ and then start talking about the cross and the sinful error of our human ways, and then some people will voice their objections right off, and many will turn and run away as far as that as far as possible for they want nothing to hear of it they are happy in their sin and why it is because the cross of jesus christ when it is presented to us in the light of god's truth reveals the darkness of our sin for then we are faced with a decision at the word of god an ultimatum really we are given in the idea that this is who we really are we are a miserable lot of wretched sinners needing a savior. Now then, what shall we do with this one called Jesus in that moment? And if Jesus were on trial today, many in the audience might be shouting at their top of their lungs again, away with him, crucify him, afflict him even more. So then, that being said, let me focus on some closing thoughts in this point, And let me ask, how can we see affliction as a blessing? Well, we can actually. That is from seeing it from the Lord's perspective. 
Of course, we must remember that all people, whether they are Christian or not, whether they are even religious or not, will face trouble in their lives and sorrows of many kind at certain times. But when we consider that now we are a child of God, after that Jesus Christ has saved us for his own, then we must know God allows only whatever affliction he will allow for our good. The Bible offers this encouraging thought whenever we are afflicted. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Psalms 55:22. And if you know the Lord, my friend, as your personal Savior and Lord, then you are righteous indeed. Well now, time to pause here a moment and move ahead to point number two, where I shall be talking about the affliction of Israel. The world is becoming a very dangerous place in which to live these days, my friend, and there is no place on this earth whatsoever which is immune from acts of terrorism and violence now. Even in this age of advanced technology and vastly increased knowledge, still we are all vulnerable to sudden and senseless horrendous acts of violence committed by people of dubious character, having sinister and evil intentions. We know that quite well since 9-11 here in America, don't we now? But let's take Israel for example. That is my focus, and if you know your Bible, then you know Israel is the apple of God's eye. Mind you, October the 7th, 2023 marked an extremely dark day in Israel's long history, and perhaps a turning point incomparable with past instances of ran random attacks they have experienced since declaring themselves an independent state and being recognized by vote of UN members in May of 1948. So then, what is truly taking place in this ancient land along the Mediterranean? We all watched the news, I'm sure, that Saturday morning here in America recently of the attack against the Jewish homeland from across the Gaza Strip. The innocent and unsuspecting people were caught wholly unawares as the terrorists brought forth their furious day of merciless assault against the Jewish people. And then we learned of the monstrous atrocities that were taking place as innocent civilians were kidnapped, tortured, and murdered in their homes. We've seen it before so many times as this nation has struggled to possess the land over the Jordan, a land which is rightfully theirs by decree of the Almighty God, Jehovah. And I say this historically, supported by numerous biblical passages, both Old New Testament and New. For God has brought forth the scriptures to this promised land to the Jewish people, the descendants of Abraham, who are a people of his own choosing. And so the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has declared this fact in his word time and again. Why all the troubles then over there? Why does it seem there can never be any lasting peace between Israel and her neighbors, the Arab states? We know that the problem is much more than just an issue of people possessing a land, however. 
It is far more involved than just brokering another land for peace deal with Israel, conceding to the Palestinian state. We know those land for peace deals have always failed. In fact, every peace deal ever brokered by every American president has failed to some degree there. I hate to say it, but I will speak the truth as I believe the Bible reveals it. For there can be no peace in Israel until first there must come a time of great tribulation known as Jacob's trouble, wherein all the world shall be tested and tried. And there shall come much death and affliction to many as nations seek to gather against Israel. Not until that profound day will Israel's eyes be opened to the truth of the New Testament gospel. For the Bible declares, And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem, as the mourning of Hadadrimon in the valley of Megiddion. Zechariah 12, 9-11 Ever since the time of the crucifixion of Christ, the vast majority of Jewish people have rejected the idea that Jesus Christ was in fact their long-awaited Messiah the one they had been diligent looking for, for generations to come. They are still waiting to see him for the first time, and they will. They will see Jesus Christ and know him and love him, and all Israel will be redeemed. This is a promise of, the, of God. And the Gentiles shall gather in their midst, and we shall go down together to Jerusalem to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords together. I don't have time here to take you on a total discourse of Bible prophecy. But check these thoughts out for yourself and see if they are not true. And if you doubt, then doubt no more, but believe in the name, only name of the Son of God who can save your soul from eternal separation, darkness, and hell. Now then, as I was saying, the Lord God Jehovah has claimed Israel for his dwelling place. Indeed, one day, perhaps in the very near future, the Lord Jesus Christ will descend from heaven Surrounded with the saints from throughout all the ages, in clouds of glory, it is told, he will return to this earth. And upon his foot shall touch the Mount of Olives, the very place from whence he ascended into glory to be seated at the right hand of the Father. Throughout this age of grace in which we live, it will happen at the end of the Great Tribulation, a period comprising seven years in full. Then after that, the King of Glory will end the greatest war in all human history, which will unfold in this valley of Megiddo, the feared and unparalleled battle known as the War of Armageddon. For then the enemies of the cross shall at last be defeated, and Israel shall be redeemed, as I say. And Christ will take for himself the throne of David, and will rule the nations from the city of God for a millennium of time. It will happen in the old city, in the citadel of God, in old Jerusalem herself. Let's take a look at a few Bible passages, if you will permit me. We see in Psalm 135, verse 4, For the Lord hath chosen Jacob for himself, and Israel for his peculiar treasure. Then let's take a look at Isaiah 41, verses 11 through 14. This is what the Lord says concerning his love for Israel and the Jewish people. 
Behold, all they that were incest against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and shalt not find them, even, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing, and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord, the God, thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. So then, time to fast forward and wrap things up in point three. I've told you before how we are in the last days, the very last of the latter days, to be precise. For the times are of the seasons, and the seasons show their handiwork, pretending what is to come. We're in the very late autumn of the ages, by my estimate, and soon the winter time of deep affliction and tribulation will make its presence known throughout the whole world. Yea, there is a coldness growing in people's hearts everywhere. You can see it, you can feel it, and our spirits are filling with anxiety for the certain expectancy of something foreboding coming. The age of God's grace is diminishing rapidly, and the day of God's wrath is proving itself more imminent with each passing day. Make no mistake, this is no time to dally or delay, and certainly we should never trifle with the Lord whenever the Lord makes his word known to our conscious awareness. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation I have succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 2. Make certain, my listening friend, that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you belong to Jesus Christ. And tell others, shout the good news of salvation in the streets and from the rooftops, lest the lost be lost forever. So then, affliction may come, but we of the household of faith have already overcome. Only believe the cross is our salvation. Well, that about wraps things up for this segment of the Christian Patriot Hour. We're in the month of November now. A day of Thanksgiving is fast approaching. May your holiday table be filled to overflowing with good food. May your friends be many amongst you and those who gather with you on this solemn day. Do pray as we celebrate a day of God's goodness. And please do remember the day is not about us nor the fruitfulness of our labor so much that we should give thanks for our blessings in ourselves, but to Almighty God, for he alone is due praise and thanksgiving for all, for all we are, for all we have. The Apostle Paul wrote, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 So may the peace and love of God guard your hearts in this evil day we live. 
Remember, the cross is our victory and Christ is our victor. Whereas no man, no evil power on this earth or under heaven can stand against him and prevail. I always like to reference my book and invite you to explore this interesting novel I have written about America for Americans. For much of what I say in my podcast is derived from the writings in this book. The book is Americans We Were. It is available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I thank you for listening. Till we meet again, may God keep you. I am Henry Thomas Weber. (music) 